everyone and welcome back to the Rainbow Dice Club. We are an LGBTQ 2IA plus actual play D&D podcast coming to you from wherever you get your podcasts. My name is Lex, my pronouns are they, she, and I am the Dungeon Master and I am joined by our wonderful players. You can all introduce yourselves as you'd like. Hello everyone, my name is Waira, my pronouns are she, they, and I play Varys, his pronouns are he, they. However, I am your resident Archfey, according to our illustrious DM. Hi, I'm Supriya, or Zoop, uh, my pronouns are she, her, and I play Ziva, whose pronouns are also she, her, and I would like to say, you should be a star. Hello everyone, my name is Dusty, my pronouns are she, they, and I play Ivy Nightbreeze Tinkerfay, her pronouns are she, her, and five minute crafts makes me irrationally irate. Hello, I'm Ariana, my pronouns are she, her, I play Alara Spindlespark, whose pronouns are she, her, and I agree with everything everyone just said. Today's episode includes complicated family relationships, fantasy violence, ostracism, profanity, and reference to harm to children. Last time, Alara and Ivy searched throughout the night for Ziva, Varys, and Bia. The group reunited as the sun started to rise. They all catch up on what they have all found out, Ivy revealing her past to everyone and how she has been ostracized since then. The group finally investigated the collection of birds following Ziva, only to soon after see the same little creature that named Ziva and Varys. Ivy is named Guilt, and Alara is named Forgotten. The creature reveals that Bia is in the Underdark with the Unsealy Court. The group returns to Ivy's villa, and Basil invites them all to stay for a slumber party before they need to head out again. We are going to be rejoining our group in the Nightbreeze Tinkerfay Villa as Basil looks at you all and just goes, So slumber party before you all head out? <laughs> Ivy looks at everybody and kind of shrugs. What is a slumber party? You've never had a slumber party? Oh my god, Ivy, this is gonna be the best. He looks at Ivy very confused, like, help. You've never had a slumber party? Oh, is that strange? No, I've not. Uh, it's basically a, a party where everybody sleeps over. Oh. Yells at their cats and... No, I can't say I have. Uh, I guess that's fair. But uh, has anybody else had a slumber party? I mean, like, you know, at the home every night, we would all get in our beds, which were all in the same room, and we'd practice not getting caught being awake. That's the spirit. I think that's kind of like a slumber party. Do you get caned if you get caught being awake? <laughs> Basil looks at you and goes, absolutely not. He looks over at, at Varys. He's shorter than you, Varys, but he looks at you and he it kind of gives you this very fatherly a, a look and he's just like, it's going to be okay, man. The first time's always the worst. Ah. Ivy snorts. That's not foreboding at all. All right. I mean, you're sleeping in a new place. It's it, it's a different sort of experience. Alara's still just walking around the lab. Ziva looks really sad. She's like, it's gonna be weird not sleeping next to Bia for the first time in forever. We're gonna put the sad thoughts behind us and keep moving forward. But you see him kind of just starting to clean some stuff up, and he just looks at all of you, Varys, you looking very confused still, and he just goes, It's okay, Ivy, just go show them your room, the guest room, wherever they want to sleep. I 
I, I've got some stuff to clean up here. I think Alara wanted to look around at all your shit. Oh, somebody's... You're interested? Um, Alara's an artificer. You're an artificer? Yes, Dad, I told you this already. Ivy, darling, I didn't have time to really take a look at all of her shit while we were figuring out that you weren't breaking in. Well, most of my shit is in my pockets anyway, so... He looks at your coat and he goes, Are those expanding pockets? Uh-huh. That is brilliant. Thank you. Barish just smiles, watching them. While they're talking, Ivy um, nudges Varys and Ziva and points to the, the dragon thing. The uh, symbol's not aligning. That says Ivy's first tinker, and she goes, That's why I'm not an artificer. You pointed that, and Basil just goes, That's why you should be an artificer! That looks like more than anything I could do. It's amazing! She made that when she was only 30 years old! It was fantastic! It looks great. Varys actually goes, <laughs> and then turns around and sees him chuckling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't think I've ever made anything like that. Do you want me to teach you? We will do a whole artificer seminar. We could have like a class. Yes. Okay. Like symposium light. Symposium. Do you know what a symposium is now? I'm sorry. Symposium. Are we saying it wrong? It might be called sympopism. No. I no. I know the symposium. Are you guys like playing a trick on me or you really just can't say the word? Because I'm starting to think it's not, no offense, but it's not that difficult to say. Synergy is socium. Spooples. No, yes, the, the, a, a lot of symposium thing. I mean, you probably did it. I, I don't know what you're talking about. Did they have artificer guilds when you left Oria? Those, did those become a real thing? Those were just starting. Oh yes, they've become like a really, really big thing. Um. Yeah, someone, the person who owns them is also the president. The president, yes. <laughs> Interesting. I swear to... No. Mm-mm. Not worth it. He's not the president. He is the president of all of the science guilds, yes. I'm, I, you know, I can't really fa fact check this for you. I, I lived in Oria in... A... It's fine, just trust me. Insight. Go ahead, insight check. Um, insight checking Alara. Alara? <laughs> 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 what do I have to roll? Deception? Deception. I want to know if she's doing this on purpose or not. God damn it. No, it's a f It's a total of eight. <laughs> I beat you by one fucking point. It's a nine. I would like to point out that while Alara is playing a trick on Varys, she has convincingly convinced Ziva that he's the president. <laughs> Basil looks at you all kind of like, you know, giggling at your own inside jokes and all of that. And he goes, I'm clearly missing something. That's no, no. He's like really the president. Alara's just nodding. I cannot fact check that. So I, I will take your word for it. You just, yeah, you just have to trust us. It's totally fine. Ivy, I'm just proud of you. I'm so proud of you. You've got these wonderful people with you. I know, I finally made friends. You finally made friends and not just one, but three, but three whole friends. It's wonderful. Well, no, five, if you count six, six friends. Who are the other two? Starburst, who is a unicorn. Mm-hmm. Pearl, who's a emotional support robot dog. I'll open my pocket and Pearl will jump out. <laughs> Basil needs to make a wisdom save. Ferris takes a subtle step away. And Norman. Oh yeah, Norman. I forgot about Norman. Basil will see from from the hood of my jacket a little spider just creep out. He got a 19. He looks at Pearl 
and sees her pop out of these pockets of holding. Being an artificer, he knows that, you know, you can't really have living things in, in bags of holding. And he looks at Pearl and kind of takes a moment and then looks at you, Alara, and goes, do you mind if I look at her? Just a little. I'm not going to take her apart. Oh, yeah, of course. Just don't take her core out. Yeah. Honestly, as tempting as it is, because this is a fascinating piece of machinery. I honestly cannot blame you. I take apart everything that can be taken apart if I get my hands on it. Yeah. She really does. She broke our time watch. I didn't break it. Like, don't give her anything. She will take it apart. It's not broken. It's just off by two seconds, I believe. Minutes. Two minutes? All right. Ish. By the way, Starburst is still outside. Can we put him somewhere? I, I don't. I'm sorry, but I don't think Vassell, my wife, would be all that happy, Belle or not or otherwise, if there's a living horse in the house. She doesn't even allow... She pitched a fit when Ivy brought Bea in. Is she okay, by the way? She hit her head. Oh, oh, she's fine. She's okay. fine. Good. I don't exactly know what happened. She's very graceful. It's very strange that she fell like that, but... Alara doesn't say anything because she, she's not allowed to lie in the Fae, so she just... Shrugs. Yep. But uh, he looks at Alara and looks at, looks at Pearl and is just like, what did you make her for? Well, I, I mean, I made her because I wasn't allowed to have a dog um, and I wanted one. So I made her when I was younger, but now she's kind of become like an emotional support dog for me. So her function, I suppose, is to comfort people when they are feeling anxious or panicky. And he's like kind of petting her and realizing she doesn't shed. She doesn't have any dander, nothing, nothing like the bad side effects of having an animal around you. And he he just goes, this is amazing. Thank you. Like, this is going to help so many people. Well, I, have you thought about thought about that side of it? Well, yes. I mean, that's what I'm doing when I go to the symposium. I think it's brilliant. I am working on and I think I'll reach into my pocket and I'll pull out like an exoskeleton of like a cat. I just need to get it um, so that they look indistinguishable from a real animal, which I've been having trouble with. Well, you are in the Feywild, kind of. One of the hallmarks of this place is things not being as they appear. Do you want some help with it while you're here? I mean, if you think you can help and not I make can try. them look like fey creatures, because they need to look... I mean, you've been to Aurea. You know how it is there, so... What do you... Well, just, you know. Has it really gotten that bad? I didn't expect it to get that bad. Well, it depends on your perspective, probably, I think. I thought that was going to be a passing thing. I knew that it was... Oh, no. No, there's supposedly not supposed to be any portals. You sent Ivy into, like, a very dangerous um, situation, honestly. Like, not that you knew, or that I think you would ever put her in danger, but... Um, well, fuck. Yeah, she could have, like... Yeah, inter interplanar travel is illegal. In Aurea. How are they enforcing that? Poorly. <laughs> Paul, Paulie's right. <laughs> that doesn't seem like a feasible thing to, to police. You know, there's spells that can establish portals. I mean, tell the president, because, I mean, we tried. <sighs> you say this as though I know this person personally, like, in, know this person myself. The president has asked us to close portals. The Okay, so... It's been very concerning to me. Well, it's a good thing. First of all, he's not the president. 
I mean... Then why does Alara keep saying he is? Because she's being a pain in the butt. Um, I get confused easily. You know that. I will whisper to Ziva. He's not the president. He is the head of the science guilds in Aurea, and he's trying to get us to close portals all around it. Something about the world becoming unstable or something? Yes. So, like, that's genuinely... Unstable. Right. Might be, like, a real issue. Have you noticed any weird things around the portal? Ivy, this is the Feywild. You need you to be more specific than just weird. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, More mechanical. I think would probably be here. Is stuff crumbling? Because it's getting... I haven't been to the portal since you left, so I haven't seen anything since then. It's only... I mean, here it's only really been just over a week since you left, so not much has changed on our end. What, you know what? You all need to get set up for the night, and then we can reconvene in a few minutes, okay? Go sit yourselves up in some bedroom or another. As the conversation's going on, Ziva is wandering around, examining all the different things and trailing her fingers along the shelves. So Ivy's going to um, usher everybody out and then close the door behind them and go, okay, follow me, I guess. And she leads them through these like lavish halls and corridors. (laughs) And then she gets to a door and opens the door up into like a giant bedroom. There's a bed, but it looks like it's barely ever used. There are like books everywhere and stuffed animals and things like that. And she goes, okay, this is, this is my room. So are we all sleeping here? If you want, or the, the bed's big enough for everybody. Is there a bay window? Yes. It's like such a, it's, it's like a sunroom. The Aww. window's so, the bay nice. window's so big. I think Bear's just looking around her room, like, taking it all in. Because, you know, this is where Ivy grew up. Mm -hmm. It's really cool to see. It's also not like anything that Ziva's ever seen. Oh, yeah. Well, no, he's seen like this. The the walls are covered in paintings of, like, nature and different animals. And animals that you've... Some animals you've never seen before, obviously, like, fey creatures... And then regular animals. There's a painting of a wolf, and over top of it, very, very crudely drawn, is a skeleton. Your room is lovely, Ivy. Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, it's a place I spent a lot of my time in. You have a really big bed for someone who doesn't like sleep. I know, right? I thought it was weird too. I'm surprised that the Feywild they have beds in the Feywild. My mom said it was for aesthetic purposes. I mean, I suppose you could trance on the bed. And also, does that track for your mother? Is she an aesthetic person? Oh, definitely, yes. Yes. I was going to say, that tracks by the very little that I saw of her. So I guess it makes sense. So you're kind of hot shit in the Feywild. It's interesting. My family is. I'm shit. Not hot shit, but I'm shit. Don't say that. No, no, just wait. No, I'm not. That's not a that's not a downer on me. I know I'm hot shit. No, that's um Are you gonna give them like a I mean I know you kind of did already, um, but like when we go to see uh the queen tomorrow, oh are you gonna like preface um just what we what, what they can expect as we walk down the streets? Um We Oh yeah, um are going. Everybody hates me here. 
Oh. Why would, like... And, like, it's not, like, a joke. I thought it was a joke, um, but it's not. No. It's, like, to the point where if they could kill me, they would. Well, they won't. I don't understand that. I mean, me neither. I think you're very lovely once we get to know you. I no? don't think you even had to know Ivy to know that she's lovely. Well, I mean, she can come off a little, um... Bitchy. Yeah. <laughs> That is, that is the word I would have used. No, yeah. But like, in a good way, you know? If, depending on who it's directed to, I guess. I haven't noticed that. Ivy, um, she just kind of stands there in the middle of her childhood bedroom, not really sure what to do right now, because she's literally the only other person that she considered a friend, other than like her family that's been in here, is Beatrice. Mm -hmm. And that was, it was over 50 years ago. So it's been a very long time. Um, Zevo wades through the stuffed animals. Yeah, that's that's an apt description. I imagine that she's like ankle thigh deep in stuffed animals, trying to choose one. Amara will go to the window, I think, and take her jacket off and like kind of sit and just, I think, maybe like look out the window for a little bit. I think Varys is definitely looking at the wall paintings, just like fascinated by the concept. As you guys are looking around this almost childhood shrine to ivy you i want you all to make uh perception checks for me 18 15 16 hey come on steva what do you got if amara beats nine yes i think that's the first time that's ever happened ziva has sat down and is slowly running her hands through the fur of each stuffed animal trying to find the one that just feels right I just picture her like laying down in these stuffies. Stuffy heaven. Slowly sinking in. Yes. (laughs) While this is happening, the other three of you hear the very large front doors of the villa open and then close. And Ivy, you hear the telltale sounds of your mother walking through the foyer with her, her kind of like She's an artificer and she does wear like boots and stuff, but they're like heeled boots. Like they're overly, like she is the queen of hyper femme in terms of how she presents herself. And so she's got like stiletto, like army boots almost that can protect her feet when she's in the lab. But of course she must present herself as perfectly as possible whenever she can. And as she's walking through, you hear her, the three of you, hear not just the click clacks of these shoes in the echoing open foyer foyer hall, but you hear Vassell Tinkerfay call out, Basil, darling, Basil, I need to talk to you about what happened at court today. Basil, where are you? Ivy's mama's home. Should we go greet your mother? No. Ferris makes a face. That is something bordering on disgust and amusement. You, if you were to listen, you would hear you'd hear Basil making his way to greet his wife, and um, kind of chatting through some things. Kind of not since they're talking together, they're not very loud. But then you will hear at one point, "Ivy, darling, are you here?" No. Well, that uh, is a cunning ruse. However, clearly by answering, you are here. I didn't get a chance to really see you, darling. Can you come here? She um, goes to the door and goes, if you want to come, you can. If you want to wait here, I wish I could. And she opens the door and walks out. Oh, absolutely not. (laughs) 
Ziva emerges from the pile of stuffed animals like a long forgotten titan rising from the grave. <laughs> she stands up holding a strange looking bunny with antlers and pets it absently. I think uh, I think Ferris lingers behind for a second waiting for everyone to leave, but he'll follow. Yeah, okay. So after Ziva leaves, Alara definitely hesitates behind for a second. Alara, are you coming? Yeah. And she'll kind of walk over to Varys and stop. And I think like turn. So she's kind of standing perpendicular to them. Um, and she'll look up at him and I think take like a deep breath. And as she exhales, she's going to lean her head onto his bicep. And she'll just go, I don't want to ask if you're okay. Because Ivy said we're not allowed to lie here. And if you're not okay, well then you shouldn't have to tell me unless you want to tell me, not because you have to tell me. Um, but... I guess I just, I just hope you're okay. He looks at her for a moment and he wants to ask if she's okay, but I feel like he knows that's a dumb question. So he puts, he just puts a hand on the back of her head. So I think she grabs the billowy part of his sleeve and kind of holds it there for a second. You'll feel the weight of her hand kind of like pulling it down, you know? He will say, if you want to talk when this is all over, I'm here. She just nods into his arm. And then I think she straightens up kind of like and takes a breath trying to compose herself. Um, and then she'll follow out after Ziva and Ivy. You all come downstairs. You see Basil and he is almost a complete juxtaposition of Ivy's mother, Vassell Tinkerfay, who stands with such poise and grandiose glamour. If you were to look at her enough, you would be like, I guess she's an artificer. But Why? <laughs> Looking at her, she is in like the spring Aladrin look, which is kind of this like greenish pinky kind of she takes on this kind of cherry blossom sort of appearance. And she towers over Basil and looks at you all and just kind of ignores most of you and goes right over to Ivy, kind of cups her face in her hands and just goes, darling, have you been eating well? Are you okay? Do I look different? I'm not sure, but your father said that you've been through some tough times, so I wanted to check in. Yes, I'm okay. Who are these people with you? They're my friends. Ma'am, hello. My name is Ziva, uh, and behind me is Alara Spinelspark and Vera Samante. We are all friends of your daughter. We met somewhat recently in the last month or so uh, and have been traveling together under the name of the Unusual Order. Pleased to meet you. She drops her hands from Ivy's face and looks at you, Ziva, and goes, Darling, you need to be very careful about the amount of information you freely give while in the Fae. That is a... I was also thinking that. I, I am a safe person. Debatable. But not everybody... Um, Ivy, darling. She kind of drops that voice in that like that like angry mom voice of if you had a longer name and Ivy was the nickname, she'd be using your full name kind of thing. And she looks at you and just goes, you know that I am not someone to be feared. And she kind of glares at you in a kind of more scary way than <laughs> she two finger salutes. <laughs> I assumed that you would be a safe person to talk to as you are Ivy's mother and Ivy is a beacon of kindness and giving, and I assume that she could have only gotten that from you and Mr. Nightbreeze. 
My daughter's a beacon of kindness and giving. Yes. Whatever you say. Okay. Um, Darling, Titania told me that you came and spoke with her this mo- yesterday morning. Yes. I hope it was a productive chat. It always is. Great. Um, glad we touched base. Um, I'm going to go relax for the evening. And he, she looks at the other two of you who have not said a word to her. And she just goes, you're interesting things. I mean, we're interesting people. But thank you all the same. So Ziva's had a very performative look so far. But at that comment, she kind of a little bit of it falters and she looks kind of confused and shocked. You are interesting people, I'm sure. I'm just more surprised than anything else that my daughter brought home anything, let alone people. I bring home your disappointment all the time. Is that any different? Amara's like looking at like the wall. Ferris is standing perfectly straight, like the pinnacle of boys. Oh darling, you know that you could never merit disappointment from me. Well, ma'am, thank you so much for your time. We shan't be a bother. If you'd like to be a bother, my my husband loves to be bothered. Oh, I meant for you. Oh, believe me, you couldn't bother me if you tried. Have a good night, everyone. I'll whisper to Ziva and Varys, because I assume that we're standing all next to each other. That's why I um slid a ball bearing under her foot before. Yesterday. Give me one. <laughs> I can see that Ivy got attacked from the father, which is saying something. So Vassell heads up the stairs, kind of like up to the main bedroom, and Basil is there, and he he kind of just looks at this group and looks over at Ivy and just goes, Ivy, if I, can we talk privately for a moment? I just briefly, I have something I need to show you. Sure. If you guys head through that doorway, there's a kitchen there, um, and you can just take whatever. The food here is safe. That's what you all needed to know, right? Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Way to Thank make you. it weird, Dad. Well, you knew. I mean, I know. When I was new to the Fae, I ate the wrong thing, and then suddenly it was stu- stuck as somebody's pet animal for a week. Oh, is that an actual thing to be concerned of eating food in the Fae? Well, that, and also you can basically get tied to the place. Our stuff is safe, I promise. Can I get a list of what not to do in the Fae? I seem to be making a lot of missteps. I think at some point it might it might be helpful. Um, we are very inexperienced here. The biggest thing is don't eat the lizards. Well, I'm a ve- we're both vegetarians. I look at Zipa. <laughs> I'm a vegetarian. The the lizards, you know, it, you can't eat any part any part of it. You know, the bit of the tail that pops off when. The the scare. We're vegetarians. <laughs> That's beside the point. And Ziva stomps away. Speak for yourself. <laughs> Ivy yells after Ziva. There are leaf lizards. As Ziva stomps away, um, Ivy and Basil go over to a corner. Um, he actually ushers you into his workshop yet again. Okay, that works too. As he's like heading over to a place behind his workbench, he starts talking to you as he's getting something out, and he just goes. I was waiting to give this to you until I don't know your your birthday or something more important, but I know I knew that you were going to the Underdark, but I didn't know that you would be going all the way to the Unseelie Court, and I'm very scared for your well-being. I meant to give this to you before you left, but you re- you left in such a rush that I didn't have time to finish it. I don't know what you do. I don't understand your magic all that much, how it works, 
how you tap into it. But I also know if you needed to do something and couldn't use your magic for some reason, you cannot be left defenseless. And he pulls out this kind of four to five inch wide, two foot long box, and he uh, he opens up this box and pulls out the short sword with a silvered handle that kind of leafs, comes out in like a leaf pattern on either side with this blue grip around the handle. And the blade itself, if you look at it, it's long and it's beautiful. It's beautifully crafted. And at the ends, it doesn't just come to a point like a normal sword does. It kind of barbs out at two different points. He pulls it out and look and hands it to you. And he goes, I made this for you. And I've been working really hard to make sure that the runes are right, that the magic within this is independent, that it can work with you and it can protect you, that it can be something you can use while you get into these more dangerous situations. I haven't named it. You can think about it. And he, he's just because the name will come to you when you find it, but every good sword has a name. Do you take it? Yes. As you pick it up. Does the balance feel right? Does it feel good in your hand? I have to be honest, I've never held a sword before. So, yes, conditionally. Fair. I think I'll, um, I think I'll ask Varus how it feels. He'd probably know better than me. He's got a big fuck all scythe. It's really cool. I would like, actually, I think, I think your friends would really enjoy this next bit, especially your friend Alara. I think she'd really enjoy the tinkering side of this. Um, why don't you go grab them while I set something up for you? I'd like to show you something with this, with this sword. Okay. Ziva's in the kitchen already? Yeah. Ziva went in and she said, um, hello. Uh, I've been told not to give my real name, so you can call me Mina, and is it okay if I make something? This woman looks at you, and she kind of goes, you want to cook yourself? I was told that the food was safe. Was I misinformed? The food is safe, but you want to cook yourself? No, no, I don't want to serve myself as a meal, no. You know how to cook? <laughs> I'm not allowed to lie here, am I? <laughs> so Alara walks in, and she hears that, and she just goes, Hi, um, Ziva and I have been practicing cooking on the road, and we would be so happy to make a dinner for everyone tonight right ziva sure mm-hmm. vegetarian yes on the menu they look at you just they're just make an inside check both of you 19 dice are hot that's a 14 even with a 14 14 and 19 you kind of look at them and you get this like you get the feeling that they're not asking because they're not they don't want you to do it they're kind of just surprised that somebody who doesn't work for this family is willing to do this and wants to cook. It, it's pretty clear that Vassell, Basil, and Ivy don't do any cooking themselves. It's um, it's totally fine. I think we have like free reign of the house and that's not a lie. I'm not lying. I genuinely do believe that. So, and we'll get to cook you. We're not keeping track of your lies. Cool. Okay. So can you like show us where everything is or do you just, you know what? No, you, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. No, 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 no. I will show you what everything is. Okay. I don't need I, I don't need to reorganize the kitchen. Yes. Ziva's already opening cupboards. I need to show you what everything is. Or you're gonna mess up the organization. Um, and they start showing you around the kitchen. 
showing you where the pots of the pans are, where the different foods are, where the pantry is, so you can get to the long-term storage stuff, and then everything. They show you where everything is. Yes, perfect. So we're setting up all of our stuff, I think. I don't know where Varys is. Is Varys just standing in the kitchen watching? He's chilling, waiting for instruction, watching this with an amused smile. So halfway through that is when Ivy is going to come in, just holding a giant sword, and go... And Laura just goes, oh, um, that's new. Nice sword. Oh, thank you, yes. Um, actually, my father wanted to show you guys something. And she looks at the head of the kitchen staff, and she goes, Nahid, could you make sure things don't just, like... Bun, please. I'm on it. Thank you. We'll be right back. Sorry. It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I'm just keeping an eye on it. It's your food. I told them that we weren't gonna have that. They weren't gonna have to do anything. But okay, real quick. And she ushers everybody into Basil's workshop. As you all get ushered back into the workshop once again, you all notice that there is like a life-size wood carving of like a mannequin, basically. Oh boy. <laughs> Basil is like still setting it up. He's not the strongest guy, so he's like clearly sweating as he's like pulling this thing and setting it up. Oh, Varys is gonna go over and help him. Uh, uh, you didn't need to do that, but okay. Thank you. Ivy, what do you have your sword? No, I lost it in the trek from the kitchen to your workshop. As she's holding the, the sword like aloft. He sighs and he just goes, you're a pain in the ass sometimes and I love you. I look at Ziva, though, after he says that, and I go, see, that's what I meant when I said, you know, you have to get to know her sometimes. Basil comes over to Ivy, and, he's, and he looks at you, and he's like, all right, so this is not just an ordinary short sword. You see how the end of it is? The, how the, the kind of spikes out like this? It's barbed. He's so cute. I love him so much. Ivy, Ivy. Yes. He, like, he like grabs you by the shoulders, and is like, all right, square up right here. Uh, okay. And face face this he's like kind of positioning you Alara steps away <laughs> yep Vera steps to the side as well and I take Ziva with me he leans over your shoulder and just goes I need you to just kind of hoist the, the sword in front of you and think very clearly that you want the blade to go into that mannequin okay and she um, she hoists it back and then does what he says, thinking that she wants it to go straight through the through the mannequin's head. As she does, the blade separates from the hilt, fires forward like a harpoon, and skewers the head of the mannequin. The barbs coming out the other end and kind of hooking into the other end of the wooded mannequin. That's so cool. And he looks at you and he goes, perfect, it worked, it worked. Okay, now for the other part of it. I need you to think that you want it to come back to you. Okay. And she does. The blade retracts out, pulling part of this wood, like ripping it apart because of the, the barbed aspect of the blade. And it slings back to the hilt and fits perfectly within the two leaf-like or flowering kind of structures on the side, safely landing back into the hilt. And he looks at you and he goes, it worked. And he like claps to himself and he's like, I've been working so hard. I don't know if you noticed, but I did almost chop off a lot of parts of my body trying to figure this out. Um, <laughs> Is that what you were doing? Yeah. There was a lot of trial and error with the whole returning aspect of it. <laughs> oh I had to make sure God. that the right part came towards me. And, but we, I figured it out. 
I figured it out. Like a hundred. So it's not. It's not going to chop off my head, right? Yeah, like a hundred percent figured it out, or ninety-nine point nine percent of the time. Just fellow artificer to fellow artificer, fellow artificer to fellow artificer. Mm-hmm. You know that in science, nothing is ever a hundred percent. Yes, and that is. But ninety-nine point nine 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 eight percent of the time, yes. Okay. Well, I will just take that into consideration. Wait, hold on. Nine eight. <laughs> we couldn't have gotten. The fraction closer? It's within the margin of error. It's fine. Okay. I wouldn't give it to you if I didn't think it was safe. That's why I couldn't give it to you sooner. That one's going to be interesting. So Ivy, you now have a barbed sword of returning that essentially you have, you can do damage by slashing like a normal short sword, throwing it or projectiling it, and then also damage done on retrieving it when it comes back to you as the barbs rip through the, the subject again. That's so cool. That's so cool. And he he just, he looks at Ivy and he's like, just do me a favor. While you're getting used to it, maybe point, point it downward. Don't point it up at anyone until you're ready to use it. Okay. Can I accidentally deploy it? I mean, if you think about it too much. If you think like, oh, I'd like it to go out that way and he's holding it and it like ricochets out of his hand and hits the wall. He's like, fuck that. That's what I mean. See, if you think about it too much and you verbalize it or you make it very clear in your head that you want it to go out, it will go out. It will go out. And he's just kind of like thinking to himself and for a moment it like slings back and as it slings back into the hilt, he does jump a little bit and he's like, sorry, just reactionary shit after getting hit one too many times by this thing. But... It works! It's okay, we know you're not a fighter. I tried, and it didn't work. Well, you know, we can practice, Ivy, if you'd like. Yes, that would be great. Now I need to see this fuck all scythe she mentioned. Oh, yes, yes. Could, is that okay? Can you show him the scythe, please? Oh. Please? Um, <laughs> sure. Um, he flicks his arm out, and the scythe apparates, of course, in the same smoky way as usual. What the fuck?! <laughs> And um, and Ziva can make Bia even more scary than with just her elbows. And herself, incidentally, she can... You gave it to yourself too? It's very cool. And deadly. I don't know. Sometimes magic... I can do magic. And I don't know. The, the magic that I do when people are trying to hurt me, it seems like it like sucks out some of my life force or something like that. Are you talking about the fact that you look older? Yeah, and your hair is like super long now. It's beautiful, by the way. Yeah, I it just um, I don't know. I threw some magic, and um, I don't know. I just I felt like something leave me, and so I was scared to do that again. But I I tried, I tried that. I the idea I had for for Bia. On myself. Well, I mean, chaos magic is very unpredictable. Yeah, yeah. My my magic is very unpredictable. It only sometimes does what I I want it to. But I feel like you've been getting a much better handle on it, though. Um, like concentrating on the things that you want to do. A lot of it comes with experience. Yeah, I, according to Nishadi, there's always going to be a chaotic portion. That's okay. To my magic. It's what makes your magic special. And really cool. Mm-hmm. And your hair looks beautiful. Thank you. As you guys are standing there talking about the hair, um, you do start to get this really wonderful aroma of of the food that you guys have been cooking, kind of wafting through the air, finally. Oh, oh. <laughs> oops. <laughs> Laura bolts. I've decided we made, like, spaghetti squash with tomato sauce and roasted vegetables for dinner. Like, carrots and potatoes. That sounds really good. 
Mm-hmm. Like seasoned really nicely. As you guys get in there, you just see some of the kitchen staff. They're they're up and they're working. They're doing their usual thing, and they're they're not touching your food that much, apart from occasionally just stirring things, moving it around, making sure it's not burning. Uh, they're getting drinks together. They're setting up. They're setting up the the dining room for everyone. Yeah, why don't you guys? What did we say for cooking last time to see how good it was? It was like it could just be like a D twenty roll plus proficiency. 14 total 19 this food turned out great we feast yeah we feast we have our first probably really good meal in a while because we've been traveling for so long right yeah it's been tavern food it's been very basic basic stuff and so yeah you guys can sit down and enjoy a meal basil will join you Vassell is preparing for her slumber of the evening and um has yet to join you but maybe she will as you enter the dining room, it's this very formal looking dining room. It's an eight person table that with a head, a foot and three people along each side. And they've got like those like proper gold like place holding things where you're like, nobody actually uses this gold thing apart from making it look like people should be sitting here. The kitchen staff had set up like the full gambit when it came to the formal dining wares. They put out a carafe of elven wine and set some of the food out. Siva doesn't really know what to do with all of these utensils. I think Alara just picks up a whatever and starts eating. As we're eating, I think that Alara, uh, you said it's the unusual order in Basil right now? Yes. So I think she'll look at all of them. Okay, so since uh, everyone is really bent on getting me to the symposium in time, which I'm super appreciative of, by the way, I am like super behind on my project. And I don't think that I'm going to be able to actually finish it on time, especially because, you know, we are we have like Bia is the priority right now. And I'm, and really, very honestly, if I don't make it to the symposium, I literally it, it will be OK. But if we're going to be here for like a day or something, I was maybe hoping that Basil, um, you could potentially take a look at some things and help me. But of course, of course, I'd love to. I mean, I don't really understand this symposium thing, but. Yeah, we just, it, long story, presenting a project. Oh, God, gross. Do you have any magical gems, by the way? Just uh, on hand, offhand? I've heard that there are those here. What are you looking for? Magical gems is a very a very wide, very vague statement. Yeah, that's true. Um, something that would help keep these um, arcane batteries running for a much longer time and would help create very realistic animals. But I was thinking that... Um, Ziva, I know that you've been practicing um, presidigitating the runes and creating stencils, which might be really helpful to kind of like make sure that I don't mess them up when I'm putting them onto the gems. I don't think you would mess them up. Well, I've, I have multiple times, um, but thank you. It's the, it, honestly, to be fair, it is incredibly hard to get it right. It's not it's not easy. If it's, if it's a really small gem and, you know, you have to be, like, really precise and I've gotten a lot better at it, but not that good. And speaking of runes, Varys, you can help with deciphering which ones might be best to kind of make this work. Yeah, sure. However, I can be of assistance. Awesome. And then Ivy, I mean, you are honestly a druid who is like, well, I was going to say like life, but you're really more about like the death and the necromancy type stuff. But still, I feel like you can help with bringing these things to to life and making them passing them off as living things so would you all um want to like help me 
Of, of course. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Cool. Um, so maybe we can, uh, you know, work on that some, I guess, while we're here. Yeah, I can take a look at it tonight while you all sleep and yeah. catch up on your on your rest. And maybe before you all leave tomorrow, after Ivy, your mother did say, Titania wants to speak with you again. Oh, with all of you, actually. Sorry. <laughs> uh, other things took priority. Uh, but yeah, Titania would like to speak with all of you. And after you speak with her, just come on back and I, I'll take a look at everything and see if maybe there's something I can do to help you while you're all taking care of the very important task of finding Bea. For sure. I can leave you schematics and um, and everything that you would need. And then, you know, maybe we can just all put our brains together. Yeah. So as you guys are all sitting at this way too formal dining table for the current company that is there, you guys are all talking. Eventually, the conversation naturally get goes towards Basil asking questions about how Ivy has spent her time. Yeah, I think Ivy starts by um, telling him about how everybody met and then moves in to the Nashadi temple, the mines, all that kind of stuff. I'm assuming you would tell him first off that he was wrong, that there isn't a wizard at the top of the mountain mm -hmm. giving you a quest. Oh, the fucking wizard. Oh yeah, what was that about? He looks at you and he just goes, well, I mean, I never went on a on a proper quest. That's what my my family always told me was that there was a wet a wizard at the top of the mountain. That, that's what I always was told. You trusted your family? You know, in retrospect, I think they may have been bullshitting you, tricking me, picking on you. You ne have? Did you meet them? You can't say that they're assholes until you've met them. I can say they're assholes. She points at Varys. The assholes. You know the Nightbreeze family? Unfortunately. Oh dear, I'm so sorry. They're still around, unfortunately. They're honestly really hard people to get rid of. They're true. I had to change. I had to leave the entire fucking plane to get away from them. Nonetheless. I'm sorry that I took my family at their word, which, again, in retrospect, I really should have known better about. And wait, he looks at Ziva. You blew up a mountain as a baby? It's so impressive. It's really impressive. I mean, you should have seen it. Well, you probably saw the mountain before it was blown up. Yeah, I mean, it's I, a big I, crater that's now. all I knew. I mean, is she flips. This is kind of what the mountain looks like now. He looks at this beautiful drawing of the mountain with the peak caved inwards towards the ground. And he is like, that is beautifully terrifying. I mean, I didn't really have anything to do with it. Well, uh, it's more so that the sheer amount of arcane energy that's in you is literally bursting forth from the moment of your birth. Yeah, that's a good way of describing my life. <laughs> fascinating. Just fascinating. We are four pretty impressive people, if I may say so myself. And then, wait, wait, tell me more about this animatronic and the... You found... You found some... some gems in it? Ferris, do you have the gems? I do. Mm-hmm. It's in my bag upstairs. So, wait, 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 tell me more about them. Ivy pulls a geode out of her little pack and hands it to Basil. He kind of, like... He's got these... He's got goggles similar to Alara that are sitting above his head, and he pulls... Pulls them down, but kind of pulls one out, almost like it's like a binocular. Alara eyes go wide. That he can focus in more and more, and he's like looking at it like it's in a, like a microscope. And he's looking at it, and he's like, "I need to look at this further. Can I? Can I hold on to this at least for tonight?" Sure. I just would like it back, please. I will try not to break it. I don't trust you, but have at it. I love you. 
<laughs> she, she just sort of like nods and, and shrugs. I'll try not to break it, I promise. <laughs> what else do you guys want to tell him? I want to tell him about the fight. Which one? The big one. He, You tell him about all of this and his, like the color kind of drains from his face as he realizes how in danger you all were. And when you mention the trauma to the earth that occurred when this portal started to form in the base of this of this temple as this portal started to form he immediately kind of like puts his head back and starts kind of it looks like he's running through things in his head you know being like well if this is that and then that's that doesn't how it seems like they're where was that going what's happening like destabilizing hmm? right I mean, I haven't seen anything. Uh, the the Feywild portal is virtually indestructible. That that's not it's not destabilizing. It's fine. I haven't heard of a portal forming because of a blood sacrifice. You're giving me a lot of research topics to delve into for you all. This is great. Do a little research into blood magic. I mean, also while you're researching, you can look up um, Alessandra Delange. Is his name? He's the the non-president president. president. The president. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. Um, and right, not super impressive. I agree. Yes, I know nothing. I don't know what I you just, expect me I to just... get from the books in the Feywild about somebody who is only an Aurea. I'm just confused as to why you don't know who he is. I mean, he's older than you are. I. What does he? I don't know. What does he look like? I mean, what? It's been a long time, but what did he look like? Pretentious. She looks at Varys. Actually, Ziva. She points at Ziva. Ziva flips some pages. You see a P-crew picture. A pick-crew picture. <laughs> <laughs> he looks at this picture and he just kind of like furrows his brow and he's just like, I mean, there's something vaguely familiar about him, but the you would think that the name Elisande Delange would stick out to me or something. Um, I have a name that maybe, I don't know. Um, and I'll pull out the journal. Very, very old journal. Um, have either one of you ever heard of a person named Avant Hart? He kind of, he's like mid, you know, picking up another bit of food and he puts his fork down and he just goes, don't tell me that fucker is still alive. <gasps> what? <laughs> Did he break your heart? Who, Alar, who is Avant Hart? I don't know who that is. So, what? remember when we were uh, with Kaylian um, and Merwin and um, I was reading like a magazine in the back of the... Mm -hmm. Well, I stole a book off the shelf okay. and it turns out it's this really old journal from this person from like 200 years ago or maybe it was more and they're a plane walker for sure. Like th the journal and I'll hold it out. I'll put it like in the middle so everyone can see it. Um, they talk about like seeing things as if for the first time, kind of like Ivy, you did when you came to our plane. But the first 20 pages are ripped out, which is very, very, very suspicious. And I just figured, well, we're in a different plane, so maybe you you all might know. And this book was just in the Nishadi temple? Yeah. I was looking on the shelves and it looked really old. And I thought it might give us some insight on like the whole Ziva and uh, Kalian situation. And it didn't. Um, but who is Avant Hart? He, uh, he sighs this very large kind of begrudging sigh. And he looks at you all, and for the first time, really, since you've met Basil Nightbreeze, you can tell that he's choosing his words very carefully. And he looks at you all, and he goes, That man is one of the reasons I left. What can I read about his expression? Make an insight check. 
18. So from his expression, you can tell that he is, he's guarded, but not, not in a sense of like, he's trying to hide something from you, but in the sense of like, he's trying to hold himself together. Rage. There's a rage. There's this profound, deep rage. And you can kind of see it bubbling beneath the surface where he, this is Ivy. You know that this is a man who doesn't really show anger. He's not angry. He is, he can get frustrated. And the only time he's ever really shown anger is when people started harassing Ivy. That is when he started to get angry. And this is a time that, this is maybe the second time in in your life, Ivy, that you're seeing him get angry. We're seeing anger bubble up in him. And Ziva, you're seeing this anger just below the surface. He is trying so hard to keep it contained. I think as a kind of immediate instinctual response to seeing that anger, there's like a small hint of wildflowers. That's that's the closest that she knows. That's that's Ivy's scent. What did he do? Basil takes a very deep breath and kind of steadies himself as he looks at his daughter and he looks at her and goes, I haven't told you much about why I had to leave Oria. You know that some of it had to do with my family. They're fucking assholes. And they didn't approve of your mother. And ultimately we had to leave. I try not to be a prideful man. My inventions go towards helping other people. That man is a thief. That the man exploited my work. That man stole so much knowledge from me and some of my colleagues back in Oria. We don't know where he came from. Nobody knew him, but he just came in. So he, he's not from the Fae? Well, he, no. I mean, your mother said that he'd been here before, but I, he was here before I ever came here. He's been here once before, but that's it. He came in with inventions and knowledge that none of us could ever have fathomed and basically just took over everything that we were trying to do. We were trying to put more positivity into the inventions that were going out instead of making things to make the world fit us but better but instead make inventions to help us better fit the world you know try and create better forms of energy better resources better ways of dealing with conflict between portals because i'm aurea i guess not anymore but at the time there was a lot of danger surrounding portals where there were monsters that came through, but not always. Not all portals are bad. They're not all lead. Not all people who come through, not all creatures who come through are evil. And we didn't want to shut the world down. That man came in, gutted everything that we were working on, took the inventions we had created and distorted them in some sort of twisted way to make them fit his own narrative. I think, and I, I don't, I can't say exactly, but I think that the president who shut down the portals, I think he was influenced by Avant. I have no proof of it, but I think that man, he can talk his way out of anything or into anything. You found his journal? Yeah, in, um, in a temple of all places. Well, I mean, it kind of makes sense. You know, if you're thinking about it as temples being places of finding knowledge and wisdom, an old journal will end up in different temples. But if that man is still walking Minthus, Ivy, that sword is not going to be enough. 
then that's where we're gonna leave things tonight I can't believe I've had this journal in my pocket <laughs> for like two months. Is this the big bad? Like what is happening? Maybe. Guys. Thanks for listening, everyone. We are so grateful for all of the continued support. If you want more content, check out our Ko-Fi where you can leave a tip or subscribe to support the podcast. And you can get access to early episodes, the Rainbow Dice Club chat after show, character journals, deleted scenes, and so much more. Special thanks to our Green Fiend Ko-Fi supporters, Josh from Tabletop Journeys podcast and Michael. Don't forget to follow us on all socials at Rainbow Dice Club. And if you like what you hear, please consider leaving us a review. It helps us reach a lot more cool people like you. All right, friends. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time. And just remember that wherever you are in your journey, you are valid, you are accepted, and you are welcome at our table. Bye. 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 Hey, everyone. Wayra here. Every month, we select a charity to support. And when we consider the trauma our community is facing right now, it only felt right to bring back the Trevor Project. For those who aren't familiar, the Trevor Project provides support and crisis intervention to our LGBTQ2IA plus youth 24-7, 365 days a year. They also conduct research, public education, and advocacy. The world is a scary place right now for our community. There is no question we've had a big setback in our history. We here at the Rainbow Dice Club will always be a safe space for every member of the LGBTQ2IA plus community, and that will never change. If there's anything the TTRPG community knows, it's that when one of our party members is attacked, we all roll for initiative. So, to all those who fight, we are with you. To all those who are still closeted and afraid, you are valid in your identity regardless of its visibility. To all those who are struggling, we hear you. If you need to step back and stay away from the events, that's okay. Rest and take the time you need. Know that you are not alone and these dark times in our history will not last forever. We hope you stick around with us to see it get better. Love you all, and please remember that no matter where you are in your self-discovery journey, you are valid, you are loved, you are accepted, and you are always welcome at our table. It is I, Bertold, the podcasting warlock. I have once again been employed by the Unnatural One podcast to boost our numbers. My infernal magics have coalesced and brought us to this moment. An ad. Join our fearful heroes as they journey through a godless, broken land to reclaim their ancestral homes and from the forces of otherworldly chaos. Our fifth edition actual play podcast features a seasonal rotation of DMs, and those willing to consign themselves to the dark coven that is our Patreon will also be granted access to a wonderful catalog of one-shots, AMAs, and even a Discord server. If you enjoy the dark allure of fantasy violence with a sprinkle of dramatic storytelling, be sure to sample unnatural wherever you enjoy podcasts we upload every tuesday uh, even on holidays we, we don't get time off please you can think about it laura nods from the other room <laughs> unhearing <laughs> not hearing yeah. any of it laura feels a disturbance yeah, she feels it and she's like yep yep sorry <laughs> and the two double swords he's double sorting it like a slutty, <laughs> slutty man like a slutty slutty man